0: Privet Cac de la
1: Rebiata and welcome to Reskinned. A weekly episodic discussion of a star studded and scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s skins. skins. This, this week... This week, you this, are, you've apparently learned over. Russian, yeah. Yes, uh,
0: thank you to Nathaniel Knitsky, uh and Nathaniel's mum for helping me figure out how to do our intro in Russian. Uh, I probably didn't do
1: that very well or to do it justice, but uh, I did it anyway. Our intro was in Russian, why? Because this week, we're going on a trip to Russia, baby, <laughs> yeah. with Maxi and Anwar, and the rest of the skins cast, minus a, a couple of faces, but uh, we'll get to that. Tonight's drink of choice, signature drink. It's our signature drink, rather than going for Russian standard vodka as one might expect, um, we've gone for peach schnapps.
0: Peach schnapps. Uh, when I put when I put the word out on my own Twitter about um, drinks that people had drunk before they were old enough to drink. This one Peach Schnapps came back a lot. Um I always think of it as a mum drink or as a I actually always think of it as a first year of uni drink because this is what you used to drink when we were in first year in uni. Did I? Yeah, yeah, you and a girl that you lived with. Did we? Yes, cuz you once drank her Peach Schnapps
1: and was there a scandal?
0: No, I don't think there was cuz I don't think she would have ever expected you, but probably somebody else got dragged over the coals for it.
1: Oh, well. Teenage drink of choice this evening, peach schnapps. Bottoms up. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so this episode, Skins Goes to Russia, Skins Does Russia, was co-written by Ben Schiffer, who at the time had done a bunch of stuff on Spooks uh, and had had quite a lot of successful plays, a bit like Jack Fawn. And he's since gone on to write for Ransom and Stan Lee's Lucky Man. So another one of Skins alumni out there in the world doing Mm -hmm. pretty impressive stuff, Uh, and Simon Amstel. Simon who? Simon Amstel, who was known as a stand-up, and as a presenter of Pop World and
1: Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Had he done bu- Buzzcocks at this point? I think so. I think he'd started on Buzzcocks. Because I remember like seeing his name come up in the credits when this first aired. Mm. And thinking, oh, all right. This will yeah. be, be interesting. Because I did enjoy Simon and Makita on Pop World. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. Like, I
0: mean, he is brilliant. But he was brilliant on Pop World. And he's since gone on to write brilliant... Uh, BBC series Grandma's House comedy series, uh, and a film called Benjamin, which was out last year, which was really good. It's like a fictionalised version of his relationship with Ben, ben Wishaw. All right. Uh, oh, with Colin Morgan as... With Colin Morgan as Ben Wishaw. As Ben Whishaw. uh No, as Simon Amstel. Oh, Colin right, Morgan okay. as Simon Amstel. Uh, and it is a very good film. And the director of this episode was Chris Clough, who was a, a kind of old hand at that point, who'd done loads of telly, um, but was best known as a producer and was a producer on Skins all the way up until the miniseries. Uh, and he also produced Skins US.
1: Oh, Good no, for him. Good for him, yeah. I hope we had a lovely time in the
0: US. <laughs> uh, ben Schiffer also wrote uh, one of the episodes of Skin US, Skins US. He wrote Abood, who is the like US counterpart to Anwar. We might talk about Skins US at some point
1: in time, but uh, don't hold us to that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So, this episode, as you said, is the trip to Russia and it focuses on Maxi and Anwar, this episode, yes. allegedly. Yes. Although, <laughs> although it's more of an ensemble piece, but we'll discuss that further. It
0: might be worth saying at this point, actually, that originally Skins was supposed to have, I think, 12 episodes, which is quite common uh, yeah, for British like TV. Said, like six and 12 are common, kind of, or, uh, certainly would have been at the time. Mm. And that Maxi and Anwar were supposed to have uh, episodes of their own, as was Abigail.
1: Yeah, that's strange because I remember seeing Abigail in a lot of the promo photos for this as well. And yeah. um, it did seem that she had a, you know, a fair bit of prominence for somebody that ended up being kind of a secondary character.
0: I think it was something to do with the budget for Skins that they had to sort of shorten... amount of episodes in order to make it. Um, That's why they kind of had to cut things down. But Anwar does sort of take a lead in the last episode Mm -hmm. of this series. So you get the sense that, that some of his story has been
1: moved over to that. Yeah. Anyway, this episode is a lot. It's quite something, and I'm glad I've got a glass of peach schnapps here today. <laughs> and some copious notes. Uh, shall we get started? Let's get started. Well, the episode begins with an extreme close-up uh, on Maxi's face as he's snuggled up next to Anwar on the plane with lots of poorly applied concealer.
0: And you're obsessed with Maxi's concealer, bless him.
1: This is not the first time you've mentioned it, not just on the podcast. (laughs) Um, At that age, I've probably applied my concealer pretty poorly as well. I think this is very
0: accurate to the way teenage gays apply their concealer. God bless him. Um, So... Anwar so Maxi snuggled up to Anwar and Anwar has a stiffy um, but he says that it's nothing to do with Maxi No homo no homo from Anwar and that's a sort of theme throughout this episode establishes the theme for the episode one of many 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 Themes and story strands. This episode is a lot in every sense of the word. Yes, it certainly is. Uh, So they're going to Russia because in history they're studying post-Soviet industrial Russia. Except Tony, who you'll remember from the last episode, doesn't actually study history. So potentially Tony has manipulated his way onto this trip in the way that he manipulates almost everything else.
1: Well thinking about it though he obviously does know a fair bit about that period in history because remember he was writing Sid's essay for him and Tony's established as being quite well read and perhaps pretentious or precocious at least with his intelligence Mm. so Maybe he blagged his way onto the trip by saying, I could help with the total education here of, of so, the student cohort.
0: So Tom is giving them a, a speech, a rousing speech?
1: Yeah, it's total education. Total education. Which Maxi pipes up, total piss up more like.
0: Ah, oh, you do a good Maxi. you should say that again, you do a good Maxi. <laughs> total piss up more like. <laughs> is that a Bristol accent? Because I think yeah. it's like Cornish. When you do it it's Cornish because you do a Cornish accent quite a lot or a Devonshire accent
1: southwest
0: southwest.
1: Uh so yeah so Tom's inspirational speech doesn't go over well with uh with the, with the student cohort but um there are an older couple on the plane who respond to it very positively. Yes. They seem really into what Tom's saying. A
0: classic skins old couple. Um I did notice that when they're on the plane
1: there's hardly
0: anyone else there it's just our characters. Mm. And when I was trying when I was thinking about that I thought you know it's maybe just because this episode is expensive to make. they filmed it in Lithuania uh doubling as Russia in this episode. but I also thought that when you're on a school trip or when you're with your friends at that age it can often feel like you're the only people around and skins does exist in this sort of heightened
1: fantastical universe, so it feels. Like it makes sense to me. Yeah, it reflects that way of thinking when you're a teenager that you are the centre of the universe Mm. and, you you know, everything does revolve around you. So, of course, you wouldn't notice anybody else in the plane. Mm. And Yeah, it does feel like it's a representation of that. Um,
0: We also find out in this scene, we establish in this scene, that Sid has some drugs smuggled up his
1: bum. Where are the drugs? Up Sid's bum. I said, where are the drugs? Up Sid's bum. (laughs) (laughs) What? That call and response, <laughs> like sort of Miss
0: Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, I wish
1: Miss Dynamite was in skin. Oh my
0: god. The, do, there is a couple of pop star cameos. Um, but are they Miss Dynamite? No, they're, they are. They're I certainly think you'll not. find they are not. So they get to customs and Anwar is profiled uh, because of his race and being a young Muslim guy. Uh, and he
1: is taken into the back to be... Yeah, to be... Well, Tom decides to leap to the rescue here and say, if anybody on this trip is going to be anally searched, it's going to be me. Yes. Which is not really how airport security works. That's not, no. No. Um, but uh, thanks for the effort anyway. But however, when Tom gets to outside the room where they conduct the searches, he ends up paying off the guard the customs officer. Yeah, the customs officer. It's the start of this sort of
0: running gag of Tom being fleeced by uh, Russians throughout the episode, uh, which might be worth keeping an eye on. Um, I thought Maxi's reaction to Anwar being profiled and sort of taken into the back was quite sweet. I really do believe their friendship and you see how much they care about each other. It establishes really well you know who these two guys are and what they Mm -hmm.
1: mean to each other which I really like it's nice to see that bond between them as well being represented in a difficult moment as well even though the scene is kind of played for uncomfortable laughs Mm. um, there is genuine uh, Pathos? pathos and sort of tension there as well
0: and it feels like it treads a very fine line it's an absurd situation yeah um And you, you know, particularly because Anwar's the one being taken into the back to be anally searched when Sid, who's a white young guy, is, you know, walking funny because yeah. he's got drugs stuck up his bum.
1: Correct. Uh, Tony has a strange reaction here as well. Tony is very strange in this episode, he, I'll he's say. very weird. He, he says to Anwar, though, at this point, or once uh, Anwar's back uh, with the rest of the group, safe and sound... He says, you are a very boring Muslim Anwar. A very dull Muslim. A very dull. And it's like,
0: okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, once they get outside, they find the bus that Tom has booked has broken down. And I have to say, so in my other life, I'm a youth worker um, and I've been Tom in this moment where you're like the adult who has to go and be responsible for something and you still feel like a little idiot. There's like this one moment where Tom sort of is looking at the bus and he just sort of takes a deep breath in and I really felt for him in that moment, Uh, which is almost a shame because for the rest of the episode, Tom is a creepy weirdo that I really don't like. Um, But I think we'll get to that soon.
1: But you did relate to his little idiot moment. I did relate to him
0: being a little idiot.
1: So instead of getting the bus that they were promised. The whole gang end up getting transported to their digs on a truck where we see everybody that's assembled. Angie's come along on this trip as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have our usual suspects plus one really prominently featured extra. Yeah. It's like right up front and centre on the bus, kind of in between Tony and Anwar, I think. Because he's the only extra in that scene. So it's Maxie and Anwar, Tony,
0: Sid, Michelle, Jal, Chris and Posh Kenneth. And then random boy. And we see other other extras later in the episode. But this is the characters we know and this one random boy. To the extent where when I was watching it, I was like, have I forgotten something? And does Maxie have a love interest or something Mm. in this episode? Um, And he does, but it turns out she's a... Valentina. Valentina. (laughs) It's me, Valentina. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so they get to their accommodation. Uh,
1: Yes, Jal, who is wearing a very jaunty hat. A green hat. uh, A green hat, which is kind of ineffective because it's sort of not placed anywhere where it would be given our sufficient coverage from the cold. You are
0: obsessed also with, with Maxi's makeup being not very good and Jal's hat not being... Effective against the cold. Like Jal, you will not feel the benefit. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Somebody's mum.
1: So Jal points out that their accommodation is perhaps not up to what everybody expected. Uh, she says, we're staying in a fucking prison. Good old um, Jal. Good old Put, Jal.
0: Putting the nail, hitting the nail on the head
1: once again. Um, Michelle is characterised interestingly in this episode as well she's played as a bit more of a it's like seemingly superficial mean girl mm. um played a bit like Cordelia from Buffy I think that's a good shout that she's very similar to Cordelia from Buffy actually both characters that are appear to be shallow and superficial but have hidden depth yes yes um maybe use that persona to to cover up or to
0: To kind of navigate their way through the world, world, actually, as young women, which Mm. I think is a legit, maybe quite common way of navigating your way through the Mm. world as a young woman. Um, I also think there's something interesting about those types of characters where I think it's really important that they aren't demonised for liking things that young women like, like clothes and fashion and makeup and Mm -hmm. hair and stuff like that. That is totally legit and cool to be into. They have to stay two to a room and it's same sex only, but Tom starts his kind of creepy moment here by informing Angie that they're sharing a room together Uh, and Tom sort of hints that he's into Angie and Angie is obviously not having any of
1: it. Tom is out of line in this episode. He's gross! And previously he'd been characterised as a bit of a wanker, but kind of well-intentioned. A well-intentioned, unaffected loser. Yeah, whereas he kind of crosses a line in this episode to being actively... Creepy. Horrible. Um, so Maxi and Anwar are sharing a room. <laughs> Maxie and Anwar are title characters. We finally get a bit more screen time we from them. We get an
0: actual scene with <laughs> just them. That, like, they're so done dirty in this episode. Like, there's barely any of them in the first act you know it is this bunch of threads that all come together eventually but it feels like a bit of a shame uh, particularly cuz i don't think Anwar gets an episode in the second series and Maxi and Tony have an episode yeah. so it just feels like it didn't quite work out for these two characters
1: poor Maxi and Anwar poor Maxi and Anwar well certainly dev patel as we know has gone on to to bigger and brighter oh yeah things. i'm sure
0: he's crying into his Oscar about
1: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of dev Patel, he is wearing my outfit of the week, uh Anwar's lovely yellow fleece. oh wow, that he's wearing. um there's a lot of yellow in this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but Posh Kenneth's wearing a yellow hoodie. Michelle later on wears a yellow coat. she does uh accessori- accessorized with a lovely rainbow scarf. yes. Um, She's an ally to the LGBT community, as we know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anwar's yellow fleece is my outfit of the week. Um, I would have called that a yellow hoodie. Oh, well, it doesn't have a hood. Oh, well, it can't be a hoodie then. She a um, so yeah, so perhaps, perhaps he does have a hoodie packed uh, in with his clothes, which his mum <laughs> has clearly folded and packaged and labelled for him.
0: Nice segue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he, his mum's packed all his clothes. Um, I thought this was a really sweet little yeah. scene. We get this idea of what Anwar's home life is like yeah. and that he's maybe kind of infantilized by his parents, mm-hmm. certainly his mum, um, and maybe they're a bit overprotective. Uh, so Maxi's drawn a picture of the two of them and it's really lovely. Aww. He gives it to Anwar. But when Anwar turns the page, he sees that Maxi's drawn a big picture of
1: a huge dick, which I did question, like, does this ring true? Uh, it's a bit odd that it would go from a very sweet sketch of the two pals to, yeah, just a picture of a dick. A great big knob. A great big knob. But, um, yeah, people, you know, people do doodle. Uh, they do doodle. They, they, they do do doodle. <laughs> I do doodle, you doodle, we do doodle. And... Um,
0: Yeah, I just felt like when you're a gay teenager, um, I do have some experience in that that area, even though it was quite a while ago. I feel like when you're a gay teenager, you're like kind of in that space where you're doing your best to kind of hide that from people. And I think there is a sense that like Maxie doesn't have a love interest in this series. No. Not a proper one anyway. And I think you're kind of doing your best to make your sexuality palatable for people.
1: Right. Well, let's hold the bus here and just rewind a little bit in your experience at the the time. You know what I mean? Like, we're in a different. Yeah, but I was 17 in 2003, and this is only five years later. You know, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, from 2007 to 2020, there's like a massive. Oh, yeah. I think it will be very different now. I
0: still don't think people are drawing knobs and giving them to their friends. Maybe I live a different kind of (laughs) life, but... Well, I don't think he was intentionally giving the knob to Anwar, but... I think he was. I think he's giving him that... I think he's testing him, actually, now that I think about it. It sets the wheels in motion for this episode. Mm. It's the inciting
1: incident. Mm. Uh, Um, I do like the fact that Maxi's sketching, like, as a as a hobby or as an interest just gives us a little bit more Maxie as a character and it's just a sweet little thing i think the fact that we see his sketches of um not only himself and anwar but other and the dick um (laughs) but also another character later on Mm. and Um, It's just quite sweet, I think.
0: There's a really nice tag in this scene where Anwar is measuring himself up against the picture of the huge knob, which I think is a great kind of skins gag. But then Anwar, who's on his own in the room by this point, notices out of the window a very authentic
1: Russian peasant woman. Uh, Anwar's words, not
0: yours. Anwar's words. He is excited about going to Russia because he'll be able to meet lots of Russian peasant girls. Uh, who, we later find out that this uh, girl's name is Anka and she's chopping wood in the snow in sort of Daisy duke, hot pants and an open shirt.
1: Yeah, that there's suspension of disbelief the the suspension bridge of disbelief well, i've never been to russia Well and truly out of order i think for this episode um so on this note actually um lithuania doubling for russia i did notice when i watched the episode that it it does have a slightly different feel and a different texture to it and i wasn't sure if they'd maybe just kind of filmed it. I think it's the grading,
0: not to be like a knob about it, but I think it's the grading gives it this kind of blue tone and this kind of harsher tone. Although I do question why they went all the way to Lithuania to find this place that just looks like any sort of gross dorm (laughs) anywhere. Later on, when some of the characters go out into, they go to bars and stuff like that, That's when I feel like you can tell you're not in Bristol. And I suspect that filming in Lithuania had something to do with it would be snowing there. Oh, okay. Anyway, Anwar shouts that there is a girl with boobs. He's very excited and trying to decide whether to wank or tell the others. Wanker, tell the group. So he goes to tell the group. And I loved in this scene where Anwar sort of excitedly runs into the dining hall where they're all having mashed potato and yells, she's got a big chopper as well. And it's Michelle that wants to see that. Yeah, She's the first one to get up and sort of instigate them all running into Anwar's room to see this girl with boobs which I just like as a nice little characterization for
1: Michelle yeah. she is curious but also the the leader of the pack yes yes in a lot of ways
0: but when they get to the room there's no sign of the girl Tony says tell us when the spice girls turn up which is like a full old person
1: reference yeah. at this point but it's it's like it's not even really a joke like I don't Get it? What? Like, why would the Spice Girls (laughs) be turning up?
0: And but they he they really like keep going with it because they call her they refer to Anka as Sporty Spice later on. I think because she's got like a high pony.
1: I love a high pony. I wonder if there were maybe some lines cut or something which like justified this joke because it just does seem really weird and particularly weird coming from Tony as well. Like, yeah, well he does like classic literature, (laughs) but I mean the Spice Girls hadn't had a hit for like
0: since 2001 their last album was 2001 and this is 2007 so it
1: just feels like these kids wouldn't know who they were but that was the year of the return of the Spice Girls was it yeah actually that was the year I think that they released um what was it called headlines Headlines. and the greatest hits interesting maybe that's why uh anyway
0: Anwar and Maxie end up in the room alone uh, and Maxi at this point, is wearing an incredible orange scarf. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't particularly notice the scarf. A, he
1: rocks a good scarf, does Maxie. Anwar, however, is not so keen on the idea of Maxi bringing anybody back, bringing a boy specifically back. And thus a crack emerges in the great friendship of Skins um, Generation 1. I feel like they could have mined a, a bit more character development for both Maxie and Anwar mm-hmm. um, if they'd leaned into the idea of them being this like unit, this duo yeah. within the friendship group, this inseparable pair, wanting to define a bit of their own kind of personalities outside yeah. of being seen as part of that pair. And I guess that's something that they do explore. But yeah, I feel like Maxie and Anwar why there was kind of potential for them to to do a bit of work around that, especially when it comes to navigating their own identities and how that diverges around the kind of artificial divide between faith and religion and and maxi sexuality. Mm. I, I can't decide whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that
0: they never that they never make Anwar not wanting to hang out with Maxi about Anwar not wanting to be perceived as gay. Um, I think it's quite interesting that they don't go there.
1: Uh, I don't know, because I think that there perhaps is a, a subtext there, mm. but yeah, it certainly it's not specified as that. Mm. So basically what Anwar is saying in this scene
0: is that he's a Muslim and that's why he objects to Maxi making Anwar aware of his sexuality in front of him, and this feels very of its time very sort of coming of age gay film like I've seen this gay film 101 times but I do think because it's television and because they have a chance to tell that story over kind of multiple episodes it does become a bit more interesting and I like where
1: it ends up yeah we hadn't had nearly as much representation of this kind of storyline with teenage characters on a TV drama certainly not and I think we need to
0: actually acknowledge that that Maxie For all, I think he is done dirty at certain points. Mm -hmm. Um, During this series, I think this was kind of where we were at in terms of representation of gay characters. And I think a lot of what was happening... You know, he does have a sexuality. He does have a sex life. Mm -hmm. We see him kissing boys and more than that even in this episode which feels quite progressive for the time yeah uh, we've come a long
1: way in you know a decade maxi as a character is was pretty bold for the time in that he was presented as a kind of flamboyant character mm. who wasn't the comic relief for being a flamboyant gay best friend character but also wasn't like, a, he just so happens to be gay yeah. character. Like, he could have been, like, the, the jock who just so happens to, like... Yes. ...like boys. <laughs> Actually, we do have an example of that in this episode <laughs> as well, but... Um.
0: Uh, yeah, he feels very recognisably gay. He feels yeah. like gay guys I knew at the time and know still now, actually.
1: I, let's give Maxie his due, bless him. So Maxie decides that he's going to go to Sid and Tony's room uh, and see if he can sleep through there since Anwar... He just can't be around he Anwar. can't be around Anwar. So Tony decides to tell Sid to pack his bags and move in with Anwar. Yeah, I thought this was very interesting, given what we had last episode. Yeah, so Sid's character development from the previous episode seems to be completely out the window. Because um, he's not only being told where to go by Tony and literally doing as he says, but he's also the drug mule. He's also (laughs) passive, the dog's body again. The butt monkey. The bat monkey. Um, so I do wonder if maybe this episode was intended to come before Sid's viewpoint episode, or mm. maybe this is how the content of an episode is how the viewpoint character perceives themselves. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: and I think it's interesting actually because I think you do do that as a as a teenager as a person actually. Yeah, yeah and
1: flow with yeah.
0: I think that's one of the things that maybe makes Skins quite interesting that people. Sometimes don't learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Um. So Tony ends up alone with Maxi, uh, and he's he's kind of initially being
1: quite nice and talking to him, but then he starts to play with him. More Tony manipulation. Not yes. only forcing Sid out, um, for his own interests, but now playing with Maxi or he, wanting to play with Maxi. He wants to give Maxi head. Um, And then he moves in for a kiss as well. Yes. Uh, And Maxie says,
0: I'm not a hobby, Tony, which I do like. Good old Maxie standing up for himself. I think it's very interesting that Maxie as a character is less inclined towards Tony's manipulation and his bullshit than a lot of
1: the others. You do get a sense of Maxie is maybe a bit bit more of a free spirit Mm. um, and seems to operate more outside of the the bubble of the group, I suppose. Mm. So meanwhile, Chris is visiting Angie
0: or trying to visit Angie in her room. He's saying that he can't sleep. Uh, and he tries to use reverse psychology on Angie to, to get in. And it works. He's in. He's smooching. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I have to say, and I wouldn't usually notice this, and this potentially is gross. But it must be cold in Russia, is all I'm saying, because Angie's nipples are very prominent in this scene. Uh, I wouldn't usually notice that kind of thing, but
1: it's hard not to. Well, yeah, the way the scene is shot, it's, it's, it's uh... there, is, there is prominence given to prominent nipples so Tom arrives and Chris has to quickly hide under the bed and Tom stands around struts about and tries to woo Angie once again although she's having none of it uh, even though Tom is in a a fetching white vest and orange underpants He's combo. just gross isn't he? Like this pose that he strikes in the doorway is so gross. Tom then in his orange underpants decides to show off and flex in front of Angie uh, and do some squats right in front of the bed so Chris gets a bit of an eyeful of Tom's crotch. A very skins moment.
0: Like it doesn't really make sense yeah. that Tom would do that in front of the of Angie's bed like he's gross but is anybody that gross it's very Skins and it is funny so back in Anwar's room he sees Anka the Russian girl again from the window Um, and I did kind of wonder whether like is this how everyone in Skins meets people
1: yeah I did think when I was watching the episode like is this an intentional call back to Tony seeing the naked woman from his window through her window uh, and then again in the Sid episode we had Sid interacting with or watching the older couple through the window as well so yeah just windows windows everywhere
0: when Tom is asleep Chris crawls out from underneath Angie's bed and he kisses Angie before he leaves and she reciprocates
1: oh smoochy smoochy yes
0: um so the next morning Maxi and Anwar have this little moment by the showers. They're going to get showered. Uh, Anwar's kind of trying to patch things up
1: and pretend that nothing's have happened, uh, but Maxi's not having it. Um, but the actual situation with the showers is pretty much Valentina lining everybody up and spraying them with a massive hosepipe. Yes. So
0: Valentina, I don't think we've mentioned yet. Valentina is like... Their translator, and
1: maybe she owns the hostel. Yeah, she's kind of matron. And she's the dinner lady. Um, Yeah, because she's ladling out some of the food as well. And she does the showers.
0: Um, She's... Part of the gig economy is old Valentina. She'd do anything.
1: She works hard for the money.
0: Um, in this scene, Posh Kenneth is like fully screaming, uh, even though Valentina's not spraying him, which is why Daniel Kalua got nominated for an Oscar, I believe. Um, that is Oscar-winning talent, baby. Oh, Posh Kenneth. So they're getting ready to tour a glue factory. And my main note for this
1: scene is fucking hell. It's a lot. It's um very dark humour. We get a shot of an actual horse being led into this machine as well, which... Yeah.
0: And turned into glue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think the process would happen that quickly.
0: Is well, that... I don't think it's supposed to be <laughs> accurate, but um, I... Just think about the amount of forms and fucking insurance and all sorts of bullshit they would have had to have had to bring this horse onto the set for that one joke. And it's absolutely worth it. Is it? (laughs) It is for me. I thought it was funny. I thought it was really good. That's a very Skins joke. It reminded me of teachers. Do you remember when teachers used to have like random animals in the background of shots? I didn't watch teachers. Oh, that was a great show. Another great Channel 4 show of that era. Were oh, they like Tom and Angie? Uh, they were a lot worse than Tom and Angie <laughs> in some respects. Posh Kenneth in this scene still has the tag on his baseball hat, which feels very 2007. And I was kind of questioning whether boys still do that. Guys that are flexing and showing you that they've got good stuff, keeping the tag in their hat. It's like a it was a thing, and I wonder whether people still do that.
1: I don't know. Write in and tell us at reskinpod <laughs> or reskinpod at gmail.com if you keep the tag in your hat. Do you keep the tag in
0: your hat? So, back at the hostel, Tom is making moves on Angie and she tells him to fuck off. He's really
1: gross, isn't he? he just...
0: Yes, he won't take the hint.
1: And Chris is outside the door and he wants to get him. Yeah, this is a sort of reach out of the beat from episode one, isn't it? Where Angie's just broken up with the PE teacher or whatever he is and Chris says, I'll get him or I'll... Or does Chris end up calling him? Yeah, he ends up
0: calling him to tell him to stop messing with Angie. Like Chris is just so chivalrous and he's like a proper 80s movie romantic. I really love Chris. I don't wish anything bad to happen to Chris and I'm sure
1: it won't. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's smooching yeah they kiss and they end up in Chris's room closing the door and all kinds of hanky panky may ensue Mm. so back in Tony's room
0: Tony wants Maxie to draw him naked and he starts to strip and he's still offering to give Maxie head wow (laughs) (laughs) what is there to say about that uh, and then Maxi and Anwar have another run in where Anwar is talking about being a Muslim and that's why he can't sort of condone Maxi's sexuality um, or sexual orientation. And Maxi has the line of course, Allah wants you doing class A's from Sid's ass. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Maxi is just very angry in this scene, and I'm not sure. What I make of it,
1: it was a different time. It was a different time, and uh at this point in its run, although skins was dealing with some like weightier themes and you know difficult subjects, I'm not quite sure that this was the way to handle this particular storyline, but I don't know, I think it's quite complex, but I think it's handled quite realistically.
0: I think they're two teenagers exploring their own versions of identity, yeah. like Maxi is sort of exploring his sexual orientation and Anwar is exploring his faith. I think it's quite a complex thing to be handling and I suspect actually there's a bit of a rub with it is because it's all squashed into this one episode yeah. where so many other mad things are happening. Yeah, um, And I do wonder what they were at. Like, why don't we deal with these two massive storylines around identity in this episode where there's like Russian peasants and all sorts of things about to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, Maxie is obviously not very happy. He storms out of the room, kicking all the doors on his way out. Uh, and then he walks in on Chris and Angie having a horizontal cuddle. You know that Maxie coming out of this room and kicking all the doors and
0: going down the corridor made me think of a very similar scene in Scam series three. And it's a scene where Isaac is walking down the corridor after falling out with his pals. um, But he is walking down the corridor as if every part of his body is too heavy for him, which is, I think, much more accurate to how you feel as a teenager.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. But it's interesting that you brought up, you know, in relation to Maxi. like that goes to show like how far we've come in, yes. in terms of realistically depicting gay teenager. Although, although to be fair... Uh Isaka was a closeted character and he was he was doing more of that kind of stuff uh, around mm-hmm. grappling with his identity, whereas Maxi he, he knows who he is, yeah, so
0: Maxi is confronted by Valentina uh, who yells at him and then they bond over the fact
1: that they both like Neil Diamond. Maxi is wearing a Neil Diamond t-shirt, which I did question like what is that? Why is he wearing a Neil Diamond t-shirt? because he's like a rhinestone cowboy. Neil Diamond decides Valentina clearly has designs for Maxie. We'll see you later. <laughs> in Find the episode, out about yeah.
0: later. So back in Anwar's room, he sees the Russian girl again from the window, and then he sees and then he sees her dad hit her. So he grabs Sid and runs to help. So Sid again is ends up being the sort of butt monkey for another character.
1: Yeah, I did kind of cringe a bit when I saw this scene as well. like Because, again, this is played as sort of a light-hearted jade storyline. And it's like, this is actual... Domestic abuse. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird... There's uh, a weird tone to this episode. Yeah, there is, isn't there? But yeah, we'll see how it all plays out in the end. So Michelle
0: and Jal are in their own room talking about michelle's relationship with tony and she says that she's with tony because it's exciting uh, and then they decide that they're gonna go out and michelle's mustard yellow coat in this scene is my outfit of the week
1: it's pretty spectacular
0: there are lots of strong choices i love a pea coat, and i love a winter coat and obviously this being the russian episode there's lots of winter wear and lots of layers so I was very excited Um, but I've got
1: to give it to Michelle for this one it's a good coat agreed Um, so Valentina takes Maxie back to her room and she pops on a bit of Neil Diamond to set the mood uh, and she also pours them out some vodka again we should have had vodka for this episode should we (laughs) maybe not the way that (laughs) they end up meanwhile Chris and
0: Angie are getting dressed and Angie's saying it can't happen again And then... It does. It happens again. Straight away, back in the bed. She does say in this scene, Angie does say to Chris that he has to make sure Maxie doesn't tell anyone. So she is aware that what she's doing is wrong, but she can't seem to stop herself. I do have to give a shout out in this scene to Chris's fake Versace sweater and world flag jacket. Oh, yeah. Like this sort of shell suit, would you describe it? Uh, Yeah,
1: kind of a shell suit top, isn't it?
0: Um, I feel like you could wear that now and it would be cool. But that was nearly my outfit of the week. But Michelle's mustard yellow coat just pipped it to first place. Um, So Sid and Anwar decide they have to get Anka out of the house. Um, Why does Anwar have a rope ladder in this scene? Why not? Well, why not? I mean, I suppose. Uh, The escape is very slapstick. So Maxie and Anka get over the balcony with the rope ladder. But all sorts of hijinks happen and Sid ends up left behind. So he jumps into the bed uh, and we get a really nice little moment with Mike Bailey. He's very good in this episode and very good Mm -hmm. in this scene, uh,
1: saying every time, every fucking time. (laughs) Poor, miserable Sid. So Anka's dad comes back and while Sid's doing his little red riding hood routine in the bed where he's pretending that he's ankle with the covers pulled up over him, in um, the same way that Tony did in the first episode of oh, yeah. to be Effie, there's a nice little... But yeah, Anka's dad realises that it's Sid. Um, so Sid desperately jumps off the balcony to escape. Ouch. I absolutely love Anka's
0: fringe, by the way. I feel like that needs to be put on the public record. Um, so Anwar and Anka end up back at Anwar's room. And Anwar is sort of confessing uh, all the things he wants to do to her and doesn't realise that she speaks English. So she knows that he wants to come on her tits. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she learned English from friends, which is a stupid
1: joke. This was probably my the funniest aspect of this episode. It is. to It's be, such a good, stupid joke. Especially when, slightly later in the episode, things take a turn for the frisky for Anka and Anwar... And Anka puts her hand down Anwar's pants and she says, could you be any harder? (laughs) (laughs) A very remarkable Anka impression there. I thought she was in the
0: room. That was supposed to be Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, Jal and Michelle are in a, a Russian bar and a bunch of soldiers turn up. Are they soldiers or policemen?
1: Or Yeah, like the Russian guard. And Michelle flirts with them. And everybody just seems to be having quite a nice time in this scene. Michelle and Jal are quite glad to get away from, from the all the drama, and, all that's the drama and just have a lovely time with, with these chaps. I'm
0: glad. I think Jal needs a lovely time.
1: I'm glad that Michelle's taken her to
0: this bar and they're getting hammered. Um, so meanwhile, Maxi is complaining about Anwar to Valentina, that he's not a good friend, although she's not necessarily getting
1: it. I think that really what Maxie wanted was a sympathetic ear. Yes. Uh, and that's what Valentina is providing. Um, even though he is being led down a path, I think he is being somewhat led astray by Valentina. Yes. Because she wants him to draw her like one of his French girls. Yes.
0: Well, she's sprawled out on the sofa in the same pose as Kate Winslet in Titanic. So she wants Maxie to draw her in her negligee. Later on, Anka sees the picture that Maxi drew of uh, him and Anwar and she says he must be a good friend.
1: Yeah, this is a post-coital scene, isn't it? Yes.
0: It's in the bed Um, from earlier on.
1: uh, Okay. But Anwar is quite keen for Anka to, to come back to the UK Yes. Uh, with them. I did notice that her accent really slips up here. I don't know where this actress is from, but I suspect it's not I, Russia. I thought she kind of had a Scottish accent.
0: Oh, I heard a Scouse accent, but uh. they can be very similar sometimes. Uh, so, meanwhile, Tony is in his room reading on his own while everyone else is off having adventures. And he, maybe looking for a little bit of company, walks in on Anwar and Anka, who are at it
1: again. What are they like? Uh, and Tony is very pleased for Anwar. And finally, all of these disparate threads start coming together. Yes. So, Sid arrives. They're
0: all in this kind of big hall, big sort of dining room with a pool table, like a rec room kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and Sid arrives. Uh, and Mike Bailey, again, is an absolute delight in this scene when he's telling, him, telling them all what he went through to get
1: back. But who is hot on his heels... Anka's dad but wait a second he's got a gun and he's not actually Anka's dad because he moves in for a smooch and Anka says this is my husband yes I absolutely
0: fucking love Chris's little interjection of oh why is she kissing her dad in that scene where they're kissing yeah Yeah, uh, Anka's husband as we found
1: out has a gun which he turns on Anwar but then Maxi brave foolish Maxi decides that he's going to give it a whole Mexican standoff number uh standing in between Anka's husband and Anwar grabbing the gun but then the husband turns out to have a pistol which he then pulls on Maxi oh it's all very dramatic it
0: is it's so there's so much going on i feel like you need a diagram for this whole scene But Angie saves the day, does the first responsible thing she's done in a while, and stands in front of the bullet for Maxie and tries to calm Anka's husband down. And then the soldiers who Michelle and Jal were out with, come back from the bar and they arrest Anka's husband. But it turns out there's a charge for the armed response uh, and Tom gets fleeced again. I did think in this moment that, like, in some ways, as mad as this is, in some ways, this is actually more of a standard plot for television than most Skins episodes. Like, there are very clear A, B, C, uh, D, and D strands uh, going on in this episode and they all come together at the end. It's kind of like a soap on acid?
1: Yeah, I I see what you mean there. And For a different show, this wouldn't have felt so out of place and so much. Like, on something like Shameless, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Like, I could see this kind of working, but because we've had such, like, character development-heavy episodes where things are relatively low stakes apart from, obviously, the stuff...
0: Well, the are high stakes for those characters. Yeah, yeah. and also... All the other episodes feel, um, we've talked about it before, like Chris and Cassie's episodes particularly, they felt so visually about those characters and sort of Uh driven by those characters. Whereas this is supposed to be Maxie and Anwar's episode. They're not really the lead characters in it. It doesn't really reflect who they are. I think the sort of direction and the way that it's shot and the um, sort of visual motifs and stuff just feel like we're having a holiday in Russia. Mm. So it does feel like kind of an anomaly in this series of skins. So once Tom pays off the soldiers, they get told they have to leave Russia and it's their last night, and Maxi and Anwar have this nice little scene together
1: um, where they try to reconcile, or certainly Maxi tries to reconcile. Yeah, he even offers Anwar what he describes as the dregs of his vodka, or like the the, the last drop or something, but there's clearly like half a bottle yeah. still left. It doesn't really go the way that Maxi or Anwar wanted it to. So Anwar's decided he doesn't want to drink
0: or do drugs, and that means to Maxi, he can't be friends with Maxi anymore, which I think is a really interesting note to leave this episode on. I think this isn't something we've seen like I think often when we see young Muslim people represented on TV, it's kind of or certainly was at the time like rubbing up against their identity mm-hmm. and not necessarily Uh, kind of wanting to leave their faith and kind of go off and explore. Whereas with Anwar, he's already done that, exploring, and he's coming back to his faith, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is very interesting. But Maxi's see you, mate, is absolutely heartbreaking at the end of this little moment
1: yeah so maxi heads back to his room uh, where tony is hanging about and michelle's already in bed she came back with jal and the soldier she's wasted um so she's lying in bed and tony does not take long to swoop in on maxi and they end up making out shirtless problematic making out but
0: it is pretty good like it's good
1: drama well drama indeed because michelle is not asleep as she wakes up and she gets an eyeful, as Tony takes it a step further.
0: You don't want to say it. <laughs> like, you keep tiptoeing around. Say, <laughs> what's Tony doing?
1: Well, I, how I would describe it is Maxie lost his head. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tony gave him head.
0: Yes, that's a very exciting way to put it, which I think we'll cover next week. So Maxie tells Tony, absolute high shade indeed. Maxie tells Tony that he's finally found something that Tony's not good at, which is giving head. Shade rattle. Yes. What What do you think of this thing, of Tony giving Maxie head? Why do you think he's doing that? Is it just more manipulation?
1: It's more manipulation. I think on some level, maybe Tony was doing it deliberately, maybe even knowing that Michelle might see Mm. as a sort of self-sabotage but not really thing in the same way that you know smooching and abigail and all this i'm saying smooching a lot this episode there's a smooching. lot of smooching going on but yeah i think that tony as we've established has a detached clinical view of the world mm. and i feel like rather than this being like genuinely exploring his sexuality or um anything that was motivated by actual desire I think it's almost like an experiment for him like a mm. like a literal kind of clinical experiment. Yes. And there are obviously
0: cogs turning yeah. where he wants Michelle to find out yeah. that it happened. So they end up on the plane back uh, all kind of dejected and Michelle is kind of trying to get Tony to apologize here, um but he's acting at least like he doesn't realize what he's supposed to apologize
1: for. Mm. Or does he? Like, oh. it's it is difficult to tell with Tony, isn't it? Like, he does keep his, his cards close to his chest. It is difficult to tell whether, whether he's bisexual, whether he does genuinely want to explore what his relationships are, hmm. like, where he where is he coming from? Sid, in this scene, is finally
0: able to deliver, as it were, the drugs, just in time for Heathrow security. Poor old Sid. Uh, so the tag to the whole episode... We find out that all of the Russians were actually in on it and they were scamming the
1: stupid English. Well, here's that suspension bridge as well. Like it's, well, again, it's like, well, how, it's like, to what? So, was that all fake? Was Anka's husband hitting her fake? Or was, you yeah, know, was that I think bad? it was. Because
0: like, they're together, all, they're all laughing together. Like, it is all fake, it's a full scam. It's just very weird. Anka the scammer. scammed today before you today scams you, said Anka. Uh, I absolutely love Anka's gold dress in this last scene, by the way. Um, pre- presumably bought with all of the money that he's scammed out of Tom. But then we see that she still holds a candle for Anwar because she's got a port- the portrait that Maxie drew and she gives it a little kiss. Oh. And then we fade to black. Did you like
1: this episode? Well, <laughs> <laughs> when this episode first aired, it nearly made me stop wanting to watch Skins. Yes, uh, it made me want to stop watching television
0: in general, <laughs> to be
1: honest with you. I wasn't a fan of this episode when it first aired. I think re-watching it now, I, in some ways I've warmed to it a bit, but in other ways it has aged poorly Mm. and again like I said the the, the weird tonal stuff is still there and I mean it's a flawed episode I I don't think it's among the series best. I think
0: it's among the series worst actually.
1: From what I can gather there seems to be quite a divisive episode for the fan base like people seem to either love it or hate it I I certainly don't love it but there's some interesting stuff in it. I think you hit the nail on the head actually when you said it feels
0: like a shameless episode, it does Um, and I think that's where the run is, actually, now that I've re-watched it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like Skins. It feels like such an anomaly, and it's not doing a lot of the things that I like from Skins. Yeah. There is interesting stuff in there. It's just buried under a lot of mad things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, when we get mad things, like sort of mad twatter and stuff in, in other episodes... Because they're kind of recognizable.
1: They're recognizable, and they're of the geography of the world. You know, it feels like it could happen in the skins bubble of like this particular area in Bristol. Yes. Whereas when it goes outside of that, and it still has that weird heightened reality to it, it it feels like it maybe cheapens it. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that.
0: Well. You tried. (laughs) We went to Russia with Maxi and Anwar. And we had an interesting time. Uh, And we're not
1: going to hurry back. And we all came back different people, I think. Truly. So I hope that you will join us next week because next week we're going to be taking a closer look at Michelle. Yes. And I feel like I should mention, with Michelle in
0: mind, April Pearson, who played Michelle, um, has an Instagram series that's just started called Were You Michelle from Skins? Mm. Um, which is very, very good, uh, where she's going to interview people who are known for playing one sort of iconic character, potentially a while ago for them, uh, and kind of finding out what they've been up to since and how that's impacted their lives, which I think is such a good um, concept. A show, yeah, yeah, it should be a TV show. It's an Instagram live show. Yes, and the Michelle episode includes the most iconic line in Skins history and potentially TV history but let's uh, we've already hinted at it
1: but let's find out what it is next week Um, if you would like to get in touch with us um, follow us tweet us at ReskinnedPod on Twitter and our email address is reskinnedpod at gmail.com so see you next week for Michelle Michelle. bye if only you knew the things I'd love to do to you Rub my fingers through your hair, kiss your lips, kiss your neck, come on your tits. Sounds like fun. You speak English? Yeah. I learned from, like, so the best American show ever. How you doing? I'm like horny. Are there?